Learning happens everywhere all the time. Hey there and welcome to the Homeschool Success Podcast. I am your host, Cami Wanis, the Freedom Scholar. My experience as a veteran homeschool mom, former public high school teacher, and mentor to homeschool families everywhere, along with periodic guests, will help you to create the homeschool experience you always wanted and your family deserves. Homeschooling is a leap of faith that can cause doubts, overwhelm, and uncertainty while trying to keep love of learning high and balance life, work, and kids. Each episode is packed with the strategies, tips, activity ideas, and resources you need to ensure your kids get a great education, create close family relationships, become good leaders, and have tons of fun. You'll learn everything from scheduling, curriculum, routines, and homeschooling multiple ages to increasing love of learning and everything in between. This podcast is different from anything else out there by also focusing on the thinking shifts that are the key to homeschooling successfully. Whether you're new to homeschooling or a seasoned veteran, make sure to subscribe so you'll gain the practical strategies and confidence you need to develop a rich love of learning culture and environment that results in passionate, lifelong learners. More than ever before, leaders are needed who have a great education and who use their unique talents and gifts to make this world better. Join me on my mission to raise our next generation of leaders through ensuring your family has a supportive and inspiring homeschool journey. Homeschooling is learning through life. You got this. Welcome, everyone. This is the Homeschool Success with Cami Wanis podcast. I'm Cami Wanis, the Freedom Scholar. And if you're watching this live on our Facebook group or on our YouTube channel, it is live with Cami. And we are here live with Denise Thomas. And I am so excited. She has such an amazing breadth of knowledge. I mean, seriously, I was just talking about her with another one of our uh, speakers yesterday because she was saying, you know, I, I know a lot of things about college and scholarships and applications and things, but Denise really knows about a lot of things. She's all up to date. I don't even keep up to date with that stuff. And she knows everything. She's in my group and she just answers all the questions and it's absolutely fabulous. We had Denise on a couple weeks ago and she was talking about how to be prepared early for really getting your scholarships when it's time and that you can start getting them early. And really, I think that's what sets Denise apart from, from everybody else is that you, you have to just keep on this path of like keeping the end in mind and just knowing where you're going and then giving yourself as much opportunity as you can so that when you're there, you're like just reeling it all in. And finances can be really tough for most of us when we're thinking about college and especially today, I mean, it's not reasonable what it, what it costs to go to college today. And so it can really dampen our op options in terms of what we choose and where we're choosing to go and what kind of programs and all of these things. So I love Denise's message because she's like, Hey man, you can do whatever you want and I'm going to help you get there. And I love that because it's so 
it's so freeing and it's so hopeful. And there's so much on the table, so much money on the table for college that we don't even know about. I didn't know about. And I am looking so forward to hearing about what she has to say today because we're talking about now that we're here, now that we're in high school, now that we're getting going on really getting some applications done, what do we do now? How do we find these things and where do we go? Because they can really be hidden. I know if you own, you're part of a club, you're part of a something, you can search for some of those things, but that's really the depth of most people's knowledge. Or if it's on the FAFSA or if it's on a website that you're applying for the college, but that's it. And so Denise really opens up a lot of doors for us and looking for those things that in the places where we wouldn't normally look before. So Denise, can you just give us a brief background again about just kind of how you got into this whole thing and and what you're doing now? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Cami. So I started this by accident, literally by desperation. Uh, my husband had been laid off from his job that he had had for 15 years. And um, then he got another job, thank God. And then he got laid off again. Then the stock market crashed. And with all of this uh, came a bankruptcy because the money runs out after a time. So it was after the, I'm going to call it a mild recovery from the bankruptcy. In other words, everything has to go and then you have to move into a small apartment that I realized my daughter was about to start high school and that college would be literally around the corner. How are we going to pay for this? There's no savings. 401k is, is gone now. There's no house to borrow against. Oh, yes, that bankruptcy means we can't co-sign for student loans. And that was a real eye-opener for me at that point because my husband had always thought we would just withdraw some money from our retirement accounts to pay for college. And a lot of families think that way. And, and I know that because I hear from a lot of financial advisors telling me, you know, I have clients that want to do this and you and I both know it's a bad idea. I can't talk them out of it. I know you can. So here's the thing. Your kids are not planning to financially assist you in your retirement years. It's not in their plan. So you have to think about you first when it comes to your retirement. Now let's think about your kids and how are we going to get them through college without using your retirement. We started figuring these things out with the research and I am a natural researcher. It's just one of those God given things. I love doing research and I found out some things that were very interesting to me. And one of those things is that 70% of college students have student loan debt of some kind. It can be as low as $5,000 to as many zeros as you want to add. But that means 30% are graduating debt-free. What are they doing that they're not telling us about? So I went on that quest to find out what are the options for my kids because we couldn't do student loans for another 10 years. That bankruptcy would be on our record. The kids that are graduating debt-free had some things in common. And because my daughter was starting high school, we just literally did everything that sounded logical at that point in time. 
And yes, if you've, if you've got kids that are younger than high school, please go back and watch the previous video because there are some things that even if you're in the earlier stages of high school, you should probably go back and look at that and say, oh, I missed some steps. Let me do this. Let me add to it. But if you've got a child that's a, a junior or a senior, this is your time to really be actively engaged in the process entirely. Now, I'm going to start with the biggest scholarship your kid is going to earn is from the college your child chooses to attend. Which is why my program is not about let's find a bunch of external scholarships and apply to those. Yes and no. That's 10% of my program. Because what you have to remember is that in order to get the scholarship from the college, your kid has to get accepted. We have to start with that. How do we even get accepted? So the acceptance portion comes first with that scholarship. And then all around it is private scholarships. And we're always asking the right questions. Do we want to make sure that our college allows us to stack additional scholarships? Do they limit those additional scholarships? Little things like that. But when it comes to private scholarships, that, that's the topic for today. Private scholarships literally begin as early as kindergarten. That's so mind-blowing. where your kids are. I know it is. And everybody <laughs> just goes like, excuse me? And, and here's the thing. I've actually had parents say, oh, but you, you're not letting kids be kids. You know, that's too much stress on the child. Okay, here's what we're talking about. You're printing out a coloring page and sitting your kid down with some crayons to color the page. That's the scholarship. We have a tendency when we don't understand something to make it more complicated than it has to be in our minds. We assume only geniuses win scholarships. Nope. Quite the opposite. Another jaw-dropping stat the average scholarship winner has a 2.4 to a 2.6 GPA. Wow. That's incredible. We're making it too difficult. We're, we're making assumptions. And another thing that makes it difficult is that a lot of these ideas that spin around the high school to college process, the getting scholarships thing, you know, getting acceptances, we come with our own assumptions, our own baggage, preconceived notions, um, beliefs that are simply not true. Like you have to be a genius to win scholarships. It's, I've actually seen parents who would rather stay stuck in those beliefs then try something new that might actually work for them. So before you embark on this journey to helping your kids win scholarships, you have to choose. Am I willing to change my mind on what I think is true? Another myth, student athletes, they go to college on scholarships. 
only 7% of, of high school athletes get to play collegiate ball. And that's over all types of colleges. Only 2% have some kind of athletic scholarship. And they're not, most of them are not going on scholarship. They're going on merit scholarships because of their grades, maybe, but not on the athletic scholarships we believed is the way it is. That was three decades ago. There are rules now in place. We can't give cars to our greatest football players. Right. None of this, none of this is allowed anymore. Okay. So when you know, I have family that came to me, um, actually they're from Africa and uh, the youngest the high school freshman and he, you know, mom was thinking he's going to get in on sports. I said, unless he's the next Pele, he's not. <laughs> I'm just, I tell it like it is. I love that. I love that about you. <laughs> and look, it, I'm, this is just who I am. You know, I, I don't, I don't gel with everyone. If, 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 you know, if a family, if a mom is the kind that just really needs um, careful handholding, I will be happy to give you to a different coach who is better at handholding. That's not me. I'm not that kind of coach. I tell it like it is. I give you an assignment and my clients do it. That's how they win. They don't let the instructions sit in cyberspace and just chill for a few years. We are ready right now to make things happen. Well, if you're going to get those scholarships, you need to be hungry. I mean, you just have to have You have hunger. to be. Yeah. And and it ha not just the parents. First of all, I speak mostly to parents rather than kids because I believe it takes uh it takes a village. And a student that has parent support wins. Yeah. So I speak to parents more so than the student. That said, your kid has to be hungry. Your kid has to understand a little bit about the money and how this works. And if you don't know how to explain it, I'm happy to do so. But parents have to have that money talk with their kids as early in the process as possible. Okay, if you've got a high school senior and you've never had that talk, we're getting together tonight or tomorrow night. Yeah. We're going to have that discussion, okay? High school freshman year, you know, going into freshman year is the best time because then that gives your kid all three plus four years to do the work they need to do to get the good grades, to understand study skills, et cetera, et cetera, and, and start with the scholarships and know how that works for them. So it's, it's a family affair. You know, it really, yes, some families have the kid take the lead and that's just fine. As, as long as everybody is on the same page, that's what's really important. Yeah. And so where, what are our first steps? So oh, part of the first step is having that conversation, having that yes. discussion. And then, so what do we do from there? Okay. We, we want to focus on, you know, doing well in school, obviously, but then in, in our studies and with homeschooling, that's, that can take on a lot of different forms and making sure that we keep track of records, right? Especially keeping track of our transcripts and not trying to do them when we're seniors. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. that is something. So those are some things I can just think of off the top of my head. What are some other things that people can start doing? It's okay. So we're in ninth grade. What do we need to start doing? Okay. So in ninth grade, and again, 
as I said, the biggest scholarship is the one that comes from the college. So we do have to concentrate in these earlier years more on getting accepted than the outside scholarships. There are outside scholarships available. There's a couple handfuls pre-high school. There are a few hundred available throughout high school prior to hitting senior year. So yes, you can be finding those scholarships and we'll talk about how to search for those in a moment. But one of the things you have to be doing is creating what I like to call your child's personal brand. Mm. Because this is going to take them not only through their college application, but also employment applications as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what do I mean by personal brand? Everybody has a brand, like it or not. It's how people feel about you when you walk in a room, when you're in conversation with them. And how you present yourself to the world, too. How you yeah. present yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we're online these days. So your background matters, including for your kids. Okay. Uh, there's a really good chance one of their employment uh, interviews, at least, is going to be online. It's going to be over Zoom. So that matters. There's a lot of little things involved with all of that. But here's the other thing. And especially homeschoolers, I homeschooled my kids, tell me, oh, my kid's not on social media. Want to bet? There are more than 100 social media platforms. Names that you would recognize but not think they're social media. Right. Pinterest is social media. Mm -hmm. There's uh, just way too many options. They should have a LinkedIn account, I'd say, by junior or senior year. Okay. Okay. You've Which got is to also present social media somehow. It's also <laughs> social media. And here's the thing, like, for example, in building your child's brand, and again, the earlier we can do this, the better, includes things like getting your kid in the newspaper. Now, I know a lot of people are like, I don't want my kid in the newspaper. I don't want my kid, same reason I want my kid on social media. Unless you're going to live on a mountain for the rest of your life. Your kid's going to need to be on social media. They're going to need to be in the world here, online. You're online. What makes you think they're not going to be? So we need to help them understand how to navigate it to their advantage. Okay? So they have to have a presence in the world that is seen or grabbed hold of from a computer. Mm -hmm. And what that means is when someone Google searches their name and the city that they're from, mm -hmm. what's coming up? Mm -hmm. Is it something you like? Right? I mean, I've, I've seen newsletters that my daughter was in, like literally homeschool newsletters, that she was in 10 years prior or more, still online. Wow. Okay. Newspaper articles still online. But you need to make sure that whatever is out there, past, present, and future, is aligned with your child's values and character. Right. And presenting a good front. I know we talked about with, uh, we had 
uh, Merle Vandermerva on a few weeks ago, and she talked about contests and how, you know, just participating and even placing or even just the participation in general, but winning those contests, and there's so many out there, can really help you in presenting that brand and creating that brand. Absolutely correct. You know, I had a, a mentor of mine ask a few weeks back, she said, why do my kids need to win scholarships? I make a hundred thousand on a weekend. Okay. Fair question. Good point. But here's the thing. Number one, I don't want you to have to use your money. Number two, it's not just about the money. It's also about the win. Right. And that's what Merle was talking about. When you have wins on your resume, those individuals who are choosing, and they are choosing college acceptance and winning scholarships and employment opportunities, they want to choose winners. Right. Absolutely. You know, when, when we were on the playground, we chose winners. We chose kids that were stronger and faster to be on our Red Rover team. We didn't choose the ones that were, you know, skinny and slow. That would be me. <laughs> I got picked last. So when, and, and this will happen, when a college or a scholarship program would ask in their application, what other scholarships have you won? I was just going to ask about that. If that is something that can make you <clears throat> help you be look like a winner. It can, well, it can make you squirm is what it is because <laughs> I thought for sure they wanted to spread the wealth around. It's like, oh, they're not going to want my kids to win another scholarship right. because, you know, oh, they've already won some, but you don't lie. You put it down. Okay. They won this and this is the amount. They won this. That's the amount, blah, blah, blah. And then they'd win again. It's subconscious. Yep. But we're betting on the horse that has already won. Mm -hmm. Okay. When my son was a freshman in college, his uh, second semester, springs of his freshman year, he was in the Air Force ROTC. And he got called into his commanding officer's office. And he literally called me up that morning. He said, Mom, pray for me. I don't know why I'm being called in. I, I don't know what I could have done wrong. I don't think he'd ever met the commanding officer. Oh, no. So he goes into the office and he's standing at attention. And the commanding officer is looking at something on his desk. And he doesn't even bother looking up. And he says to my son, son, why are you here? He didn't know how to answer that question. You called me in. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and he repeated the question. And of course, my son is kind of bumbling around. Well, I, I, I was I was called. I was called. And he, he what he now notices is in front of the commanding officer is my son's resume that was submitted with his college application 18 months before. He's looking at his application. He says, why are you here? We don't get students of your caliber here. You could write your own ticket. Why are you here? Wow. In the ROTC. Because what he looked at, what he saw was that my son was attending college 
on eight scholarships, including national merit. He then offered my son an additional full scholarship from the ROTC. Oh my gosh. As long as he signed on the dotted line right. and joined right now. It's, it's, we don't want this one to get away. Right. That's what's going on in their mind. That occurred when, you know, other clients of mine were using this program and they, they would hear, get phone calls from colleges that they had turned down after the acceptance because you choose somebody else. You, you apply to some number of colleges. You can only pick one. Right. And then eventually you have to turn the other ones down. And colleges would call and say, what can we do to get you to come here? Because they could already see that student making an impact, not only on their campus community at large, but as an alumni. That's even more important to the college. Absolutely. To think about that. Okay. And same is true when it comes to uh, getting scholarships as well as employment. Unbeknownst to you, you represent that company when you win, when they offered you that job, when they offered you that scholarship. So they want someone who has a great personal brand, right? whose character and values is similar to representing that company. It's important to them. So personal brand is very important. Now, it's really not hard to apply to scholarships. It's a lot harder to win. Right. When it comes to applying, when when I've had parents say, you know, Denise, my, my kid applied to 40 scholarships and won none. So here's the thing. One of two things went wrong. Either they applied to the wrong scholarships or they didn't know how to win them. But one thing you really have to understand, too. I had a question the other day. This is the first time I've ever heard this one. My kid needs X number of dollars in scholarship money to fill the gap from the college that they were planning to accept. How much in scholarship dollars should they apply to to maybe get that much money? I love that question. It's a rather interesting question. So here's the thing. When I did the math, for those who are winning, for those who are doing it right, and it's not the random offshoot win, you will win 10 to 20% of the scholarships that you apply to. Okay. It's still a numbers game. Yeah. Even doing everything 100% right. Okay. So that is something you have to realize. Are you willing to do the work? Right. Uh, the, the average scholarship today, only one in, in eight kids wins. That's just over 12%. That's 12.5% of kids wins a scholarship. Wow. 97% of those win $2,500. Yep, I said $2,500 or less. That was me. <laughs> That's the average. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously more than average, 97%. The other 3% is where the money is. Right. We want to be in that 3%. Okay. So first you have to apply to the right scholarships. You have to apply to scholarships that mean something 
to your child. When your kid is young, less than high school, I mentioned there's a couple handfuls, right. not a heck of a lot that they can apply to. Doesn't really much matter, just apply to those. Throughout high school, there's a few hundred available. The second they step foot out of junior year, they're a senior. As a high school senior, there's 1.7 plus million scholarships available to apply to throughout senior year. Wow. Million. Therefore, if your kid has an essay topic for a scholarship and they're staring at it and have no idea what to write, throw it away. Rumple that puppy up and throw it in the trash because there's others that are going to have meaning to him. If, if you can't start writing right away because you have an opinion on the topic, mm -hmm. it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a quick example. There's a scholarship that asks this question. Tell me about your favorite ice cream flavor. Well, if your kid is lactose intolerant, I don't care how eloquently that essay is right. written. It's not, not going to win. Right. There's no heart coming through the essay. Okay. So number one, apply to something that has meaning to your child. There's a, bunch of scholarships out there. And there's a scholarship for everything. There's a zombie apocalypse scholarship. There's all kinds of scholarships. I kid you not. Uh, there's yodeling contests for scholarships. There's ham radio scholarships, all kinds of things. So if a kid has interest in something, that's the place to start. Okay. And then you're going to find uh, databases that just have a list that your kid could qualify or could be interested in. Where would we find those? Well, I do have a YouTube video that shows you how to navigate one of the major databases. It's actually not too hard. There's only, okay, so there's a bunch of databases, not a hell of a lot that I recommend. Sorry about the H word. But the largest scholarship database is called FastWeb, F-A-S-T-W-E-B. This is a database that's free for you to use that the company who has the scholarship is paying something to advertise on that site. And so there's a way of navigating it and a way, to, way of using it that you don't get email spam, you don't get scammed and blah, blah, blah. But that's the largest one available. It's been around more than 30 years. Hmm. It's just been around a long time. So they're going to have a lot more on their database than others will. I, I saw one, I saw two of them recently, two others claim they have 6 million scholarships on their database. I'm going, there's only 1.8. You don't have 6 million scholarships on your database. So what are you doing to get the 6 million? Oh, okay. Well, maybe we have on their specific colleges who only offer a scholarship when you go to their college, which means nothing. Um, or maybe you're talking about uh, scholarships that maybe offer 20 scholarships maybe it's listed 20 times, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out how do they come up with that number? It's one scholarship, real. but there's 20 winners. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, yeah. so they're going to put that, they're going to count that way. Um, you know, or maybe they're counting grants, which are need-based awards, which are not scholarships either, you know? So it's, it's, it's just interesting. And some of those cost money to join or to apply or whatever. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Just saying. Um, 
so apply to the right one. That's really important. Something that really has meaning. And we should start narrowing down the colleges that, that we're looking at, right? We should just start looking at it's like not, a handful. Please, or- it doesn't hurt to start doing some of that. Well, first of all, if you start talking to your kids about the money earlier than later, right. um, that's going to weed out a lot of colleges. However, that said, doesn't mean that a sticker price is what you're going to have to pay. That's another thing parents believe. Oh, well, we can't afford XYZ school. Maybe, maybe not. But number one, don't get your hopes up regardless. The the college process tends to be a lot like weddings. (laughs) But we're, we're, I'm honest with you, we're stupid when it comes to college versus weddings. We're not going to let little Susie have a $100,000 wedding if $10,000 is our budget. Yeah. I don't care how emotional she is about that $50,000 dress. She's not getting it. Right. But for some ridiculous reason, we use our emotions and we don't temper them. We're not holding back on the on the reality of it, on the logic when it comes to college and the cost. Because here's the thing. Unless your teenager is brilliant enough and wants to apply to a specific company that only accepts employers employees from this particular comp, particular college there's no reason to spend $300,000 because thousands of companies in this country were surveyed they don't care what college you went to none of them there's not an hr comp, uh, 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 evaluator there's not a headhunter in this country that will say Oh, yeah, it really matters. It doesn't. My mom used to say that it doesn't even most of the time matter what's even on the paper. <laughs> no, and you're right. I mean, you have here's it. the thing. The, the ones with a, you'll get a promise you'll even get a job with a 2.0 GPA in college. You'll get a job. It may not have the higher salary that a 3.0 gets because it does make a difference. And in some industries, your starting salary will predict the rest of your salary going forward. So if your starting salary is, if in your industry, your starting salary is based on your GPA, mm-hmm. then you sure as heck better know that and be working toward it and foregoing all the playing around that happens in college. Right. Because you can forego those four years and play around after you get a job. Just saying. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so you know, that there, way. A, no kidding so talk about colleges but there's there's something called the net price calculator that every college has on their website you can google search net price calculator name of school and they don't it's like a mortgage calculator or a car insurance calculator they don't keep your info it's just a calculator And it gives you an idea based on the input that you put in, what your cost might be. If that calculator does not ask for your child's GPA or SAT or ACT scores, the odds are really good. Either they give no scholarships or they give so very few, it's not worth asking that question. Hmm. In that case, the number that comes out is probably what you're really going to pay. Okay. Okay. 
So that's a good tip. Yeah. But uh, finding scholarships is one thing. As I said, I've I've had people that said my my kid applied to X number of scholarships and won none. Applying to the right scholarships is important. Uh, ones that you can have some type of input on that you care about to some degree. Um, I prefer that my clients avoid sweepstakes drawings that are under the guise of a scholarship. Mm. Yes, they're giving away $1,000 a month. And to some kids, well, somebody's got to win. True. But these are what I call lazy kid scholarship opportunities. It's for kids that can't write or don't want to take the time to write scholarship essays. Right. So they're going to have what? Oh, 200,000 applications. Your odds of winning are slim to none. If you insist on doing that, use a completely different email address during the season that you are utilizing those types of scholarships and only for those types of things. Right. That way, when they sell your email address, you can literally just dump that email right. and never see it again. And it's not a problem. Okay. But yeah. like I said, it's, it's, not the go-to for sure. There's no, plenty of others. Definitely. Um, then there's the how do you win scholarships. So here's the thing. And this is the hardest part for kids. Because they're not adults. But adults are reading these essays. You have to think about who your audience is. Right. Who's on the other side of that letter. And... In some cases, kids are not writing the right essay. I'll give you an example. There's probably about 20 to 25 common topics that you'll see across the board that whether it's a scholarship, that's a private scholarship, or maybe it's a college um, application essay, these tend to run throughout you just tend to see so the truth is if your kid writes these 20 essays they can probably tweak pretty much everything they want so one of those essays is tell me about someone who inspires you mm, yes i could see that being common it's a really good topic mm -hmm. okay you're going to learn a lot about the person yeah. that's writing but most kids are going to write the essay that says tell me about the person Right, the right. Yes. Word he, it's exactly right. We the don't want to know about the person. Is you who inspires you. Right. And if we if if we reword that question properly, right. it's tell me how this, why person, this person inspires, inspires you. Yes. you or yes. why they yes. inspire you, right? So it, I don't care if it's about grandma, it can be about Jesus, it matters not. Right. But kids make the wrong choice by telling me all about grandma and how going to see her every Sunday and, and making pop baby and it's a family thing and, and oh, she's going to get, get, we get quotes, you know, we're going to feed them to the cat. I mean, all kinds of things. It's awesome. But what I want to know is, oh. 
grandma never turned anyone away. Mm-hmm. And here's what that inspired me to do. Right. What it's teaching or lessons. Grandma's, you know, her, her, she could cook without measuring it. She'd measure in her palm of her hand. I want to learn how to do that. That's why I want to be in culinary school. Right. Right. And again, it doesn't matter about the who. Right. It's about the what. They're looking for insight into who the teenager is, into how you think. Tell me about something that changed the way you look at the world or the way you look at yourself or the way you look at others or think about others. Or a challenge you overcame or, yeah. Right. And that, and look, kids hate that question. Parents too, because they think you have to overcome some kind of tragedy. No, you don't. Right. No, it could be that you stumbled over a brick in the park and... Exactly. Yeah. Hit your head on the, you know, whatever. Here's the thing. When I'm teaching at homeschool conferences, I forget exactly which topic this one fell under. It might be middle school, but there is a essay that I read during that talk that won $87,000 worth of scholarships. In other words, tweaking the essay right. for different scholarships. And this was one of those overcome the challenge essays and the topic he chose or the moment in time think about this we really are choosing a moment in time yes we want to bring the reader into our space into what we're seeing what we're feeling you know it, it you, you need to think about reading a novel mm -hmm. you know bring them in that same way so this particular essay this kid was i think 12 or 13 years old he had been in martial arts since the age of three. He had just gotten his first degree black belt and couldn't wait for the uh, state or count, whatever it was, tournament that he was going to be doing. Regional tournament, I think it was. And he came away with nothing. He won absolutely nothing. Whereas previously, he had always won at least one trophy or medal. Right. From the time he was three, four years old competing but as a black belt he didn't win anything mm -hmm. and he had to make a decision so here's that dichotomy you've got what's that point in time that moment in time when something happens and you have to make a decision or you change your mind or whatever and it's that moment in time when he had to choose to blow off martial arts and try something else or to forge on and really put an effort into this. Right. And he chose, and he chose to enjoy the grueling workouts. He chose to have extra classes to be prepared for tournaments. And in the end, he ends up teaching, training younger students for tournaments. The following year, he was involved in a, I think it was a, like a one minute, really fast paced tournament, but it was a team, like two teams. Right. You, you, each person gets one minute in the, in the ring and <laughs> he's the last person on his team. He's representing his studio and it, the score was tied. He gets the first point in it was actually two points he gets the first two points in because he got a kick to the head 
And then the judges called a timeout because his opponent was a fifth degree black belt and he was only a second degree at the time. Mm. And the fifth degree outranked his instructor. They allowed the tournament to continue because he had won. He'd gotten the first couple of points. Well, you know, he's obviously not that bad, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. But if, you know, looking back on it, you can see that it was playing head games with him at that point. And so he ended up losing the tournament. But he doesn't count it as a loss, he says in his essay, because he did his best. He prepared himself. And he looks at all disappointments as challenges to be overcome. That's beautiful. Now you tell me what college, what employer wouldn't want that person. Right. Okay. On their payroll. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's understanding what are you saying in this essay mm-hmm. about yourself? About you. What it shows what about, you? about you. Yeah. What, are, what about your character, about your fortitude, your perseverance? Right. Um, without saying those words. Right. And the same is true for anybody who's giving a you know, letter of recommendation. You don't use those words. Show me. Right. Don't tell me. Right. I absolutely love that. Well, I'm, I'm as a high school English teacher, you know, so I'm totally nerdy about that kind of stuff too. And so I absolutely love that idea of show, not tell P right. Show, not tell. And it's so important for uh, the big picture we're getting from, from Denise today, you guys, is that one, you need to make sure your kids know how to write. (laughs) And two, you need to make sure that they have experience writing for different audiences and knowing what audience to write for. And then also making sure that they're building their personal brand. And I know that in in that way, there's a lot that can go into that. But I think Denise, working with Denise is obviously the best way. And I would recommend it. And I think that's amazing. Um, she has so much coming up, you guys. She has a summit she's putting together. She has so much going on and she's all literally all over the place over, you know, media and, and putting together videos and conventions and everything. It's amazing. And so definitely if you can take advantage of working with her, I would definitely do it, but be prepared to work. Right. (laughs) And so Denise, um, tell us where everybody can find you and what, what kind of, you know, how they get started in working with you. Awesome. Thank you so much again. Uh, the easiest thing is to find me on my website. It's getaheadoftheclass.com. That's get aheadoftheclass.com. There is a free checklist on that front page, and that checklist will get you on my email list. That checklist is 12 scholarship secrets. It's tips from prestigious scholarship judges. What it really is, is a checklist that says, I did this, I did that, I did that. Oops, I forgot to do that. Before you hit the send or submit button, in any application, whether it's a scholarship Ooh, application or a college application. That's so it's valuable. very useful. 
That's valuable. And I did send that out in our newsletter. If you're on our email list, you already got that yesterday. So make sure you grab that. And then I know Denise also has several eBooks and and PDFs that you can get a hold of as well that she sends out. I know we have in our last talk that we had with her, we linked to her middle school preparation ebook, which is absolutely phenomenal. And make sure that you grab that stuff. It's going to, all the links will be in the show notes for the podcast and in the comments for our lives here. So Denise, thank you so much. And you guys are going to see more of her because she's actually going to be part of our homeschool success mastery course, which is absolutely phenomenal. It's coming together so amazingly. It's actually going to be a one-stop shop for where you can find the best experts in all these different areas to really master your homeschool. So Denise is, I'm seriously super excited about this because it's so amazing. And what we were talking about with Merle Vandermerva and then you coming together is absolutely, it's magic. It's magic. It's wonderful. So you guys definitely check out Denise's website, getaheadoftheclass.com. And then make sure you grab that checklist and get a hold of first so that you can work together because because it doesn't start at senior year. It starts right now. <laughs> All right, you guys, we will check in with you next week. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye. If you're loving this information and want to connect with Cami live, join our Facebook group, the Freedom Scholar Homeschooling Community. Every Thursday in Live with Cami, you can get more great homeschool tips, how-tos, and resources, and get your questions answered. And subscribe to our newsletter to get your free ebook, Creating Educational Harmony in Your Home. See show notes for the links. Hope to see you live. This is an informational podcast. The information presented in each episode is the most recent and honest to the best of the presenter's ability. Results are not guaranteed. This podcast aims to educate and there are no guarantees of results implied. Listeners are encouraged to seek out and meet their local homeschool requirements. Any products, websites, and company names mentioned in this podcast are their respective owner's trademarks or copyright properties. The presenter is not associated or affiliated with them in any way unless otherwise stated. Nor does the referred product, website, or company necessarily sponsor, endorse, or approve this podcast. We hope you enjoy and find value in each episode. This content is copyrighted and not authorized for reproduction.